Welcome to Local News Live Sports Sunday, another edition. This December 19th, I'm Brian Pierce. Tyler Jones is out this week for vacation, so without his sports expertise, we'll do something a little bit different. We're going to look at the top stories around the country covered by great TV stations. Let's jump right into it. This first one, uh, one of the biggest stories around the country in sports this weekend, the Wisconsin Badgers won the national championship for volleyball. Our great TV station, WMTV, in Madison, Wisconsin, was covering it. Quick little story here. As the Badgers won the NCAA championship this weekend after defeating Nebraska, it was a fun one in five sets. It's the first national championship for the University of Wisconsin in volleyball. Now, Nebraska won the first set, 25-22. The Badgers came back, won sets two and three. The Cornhuskers won set four. And then the last one, a close uh, squeaker won by Wisconsin, 15-12. In that final set, they celebrated earlier today. We might have a little bit of video here. Let's see. Yeah, I think we do. This is NBC 15 from Madison. They were outside of the plane when uh, the Badgers volleyball team returned. Obviously very excited. Got on their charter bus. You can see the national championship trophy right there. And then went on to celebrate. Now, that's what the Badgers did after winning. The Corn Oscars, they had a celebration of their own. They were the 10th-ranked team in the country, got all the way to the championship game against the 4th-ranked Badgers, so pretty impressive run for Nebraska. And here is uh, how they celebrated. They were recognized at the women's basketball game earlier today. You can see the Nebraska volleyball team taking a big picture there at the women's basketball game. They made the trip back to Lincoln just in time to be honored this afternoon. Uh, the Big Red ended an incredible run last night as the runner-ups in the NCAA tournament. This is KOLN that covered that. Might be able to see a little bit here. KOLN's Bill Schaumert was at the game. Got a little video on Twitter. Big Nebraska crowd. cool stuff there. That's great to see that the uh, Cornhuskers finished second, but got a champion's celebration. Both these teams played so well over the tournament. Nebraska was the 10th ranked team, and the Badgers were fourth, and they both had great runs to the championship game. Okay, so that's the exci exciting news. We have to cover some championship volleyball. A couple of our stations did. Now the, the bummer, as the NBA had to postpone a couple Cleveland Cavaliers games because of COVID-19 over this weekend. It wasn't just the Cavs. This is from WIO in Cleveland, Ohio. It was a handful of teams, and you'll see here in a second, had to cancel games because of COVID-19, and it continues to create issues across the sports landscape. We're seeing more cancellations and postponements across the country, and it was something I think a lot of us were hoping we were behind. Before the season started in the NBA and the NFL, there was an expectation that they would be able to play all their games. Uh, it looks like they will, but we are seeing some schedule changes, and it does make people question what can we expect over the next couple of weeks and months with professional sports, the rise of the Omicron variant, and just increased COVID numbers. The Cavaliers had to cancel their game. Uh, pretty basic. That's because, according to the Cleveland Cavaliers, center Jared Allen, Ford Lamar Stevens, Ford Dylan Windler, Denzel Valentine, RJ Numbert, uh, had to be benched because of COVID-19. They were uh, off or they couldn't play because of COVID-19 protocols. And NBA teams have to have at least eight players who are eligible to play. And the Cavaliers couldn't field a team, so a couple of their games got postponed. 
And they weren't the only ones. We go to WAFB in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. The Pelicans had to uh, postpone a couple of their games, specifically against the 76ers, because Philadelphia had a handful of injuries and COVID-19 player, players in the COVID-19 protocol. As you can see, WAFB reporting. Um, the NBA rules require teams to suit up a minimum of eight players to play. The Sixers were left with just five available players this morning, Sunday, after uh, Milton, Andre Drummond, George Niang, all on the COVID-19 list. That is a team that has been really impacted this year for, uh, by COVID-19. The 76ers were already without uh, five or six other players. They're bringing players up from their G League. That's their developmental league and is leaving them very thin when it comes to their roster. Not just the NBA, college hoops getting impacted as well. WXIX in Cincinnati reporting that the Bearcats basketball game was canceled on Saturday due to COVID-19. A handful of games across the country were, as the Bearcats basketball game against Texas Southern was canceled. Usually, if it's against a non-conference team, especially one that doesn't make a a huge difference, a smaller program like Texas Southern, these big schools will just cancel those uh, non-conference games if COVID becomes an issue. Conference games get postponed. So as you can see, uh, that was uh, canceled, the Bearcats game was. The Tennessee-Memphis basketball game was canceled. That's a, that's a big game. Non-conference, but the Volunteers and the Tigers are two of the better programs in the South. And their games were canceled this weekend due to COVID-19 guidelines. Our great TV station, WVLT in Knoxville, Tennessee, was covering this and provides us with some perspective. For me, to what we experienced back in March of 2020, of course, it was all just getting started back then. But we all showed up today for this battle at Bridgestone between East and West, Tennessee and Memphis, only to find out that the game was postponed due to COVID protocols. I can tell you this, it did not originate from the Tennessee side. And I can also tell you this, Coach Barnes wasn't too happy, but he spoke with us just shortly after receiving the news. We, we got a call right when we were on the bus that there's a possibility the game might not be played. And that was a, you know about 9.25 this morning when we came over and then we were doing what we do, uh, prep, and then they came back and said the game had been canceled. So for the Tennessee fans that had already made their way into Bridgestone Arena, Coach Barnes did not want to disappoint. So he told his players to get ready, and they were going to scrimmage out here on the floor. And I'm going to tell you something. They not only scrimmage, but Coach Barnes took this thing seriously. Everybody working. I don't see anybody goofing off or... They're all taking it serious, acting like it's a real thing. You can see why our Tennessee Vols are a good basketball team. The head coach not missing an opportunity to teach his players as for if this game will be made up. The coach says, listen, I really don't know that we can work this into our schedule throughout the rest of this season. When we started talking about this series, you know, Tubby Smith was the head coach at the time, and what we had hoped to do on this day was to make it a Tennessee day, of, like a jamboree for all of basketball with a lot of games all day long make this a special time for Tennessee basketball, the state of Tennessee basketball. And, uh, you know, but, but we'll, we'll keep talking about it. And those fans that did stick around to watch the scrimmage 
certainly not disappointed and happy that they at least got to see some basketball. It just shows the class of this coach and you know we just have a lot of respect for this team doing this for all of the the fans that came out and drove all this way so it's just a classy program and it shows us that. Oh we were disappointed and they were telling everybody to leave and so we kind of just were walking out and then they were like y'all come back Greg Barnes just announced we were like yes and Corbin said he was like this is the best day ever he's eight. They were so excited that we get to come sit courtside and watch him play. Well, after scrimmaging here, it's back to Knoxville and preparing for another big non-conference tilt against Arizona. The highly ranked Wildcats come into Thompson Bowling Arena on Wednesday night. At Bridgestone Arena in Nashville, Rick Russo, WVLT Sports. Fun story there from Rick Russo for WVLT. Uh, obviously a bummer that the game got canceled, but credit Scott Barnes, the head coach for the Volunteers, having his team scrimmage to at least give... The, the fans and the kids, something fun to watch. So we're seeing stories like that pop up where COVID-19 is causing things to change and people are adapting and trying to make the best out of a tough situation. I might get more into that very topic, the very idea of having to adapt and make a bad situation into something positive. But let's go out to KSLA. They are covering one of the early bowls, the Independence Bowl in Shreveport, Louisiana, where UAB defeated BYU in a close game, 31-28. But look at some of the biggest plays. It was a busy day for you, James. Tell us about it. Well, the day is never weary when you have a chance to talk about sports. Thank you so much, Destiny. And we're here outside of the Independence Bowl where there were fans here earlier today cheering on both sides. It was a momentous occasion. And we start with how things got down for both UAB and for BYU. Fans from BYU were out early. They had their... They had all of their different signs. They were really excited about what to see here today. And we start with UAB. They did a very good job with Garrett Prince. Uh, Garrett Prince catches this pass right from Dylan Hopkins going into the end zone for the touchdown. And that was the first play, and that's how things moved on. Now Tyler Algier, he has a long run, 35 yards, to set up his first touchdown of the day. It was tied 14-14 late in the second half, excuse me, in the first half before Garrett Prince is going to find himself in the end zone once again. Prince made it a 21-14 scoreline before going into the half. Moving into the second half, BYU had to do something. They had to do something because UAB had all the momentum. Tyler Beatty had a huge sack forcing a field goal by UAB. Then moving along into the second half, going to the fourth quarter, Algier is going to be on the other end as Mason Wask finds himself running right down the middle of the field, and he doesn't get in, does not get in the end zone, but Tyler Algier is going to have his back. And so finally, needing points, UAB trying to work themselves in. They score the touchdown. On fourth down and nine, Trey Shromshire has it, and that is how things went down. And so after all of this, head coach Bill Clark was really excited about what he saw, and here's what he had to say about his team's fighting spirit. That was the thing we talked about, and I talked about it yesterday. I talked about it again today. They're going to score, going to score some points. We've got to respond, and we can't get down. You know, and I, and I would use some of these bowl games. I said, y'all saw a bowl game last night where a team was, you know, maybe if you, if you cut the game off early, you thought it was over. 
and you just got to keep playing and keep playing. And sometimes that's hard. You know, it's hard to have faith when uh, when they've just scored and they've got a, you know they had a really good crowd tonight who was behind them. So, but they kept fighting, and we had to create our own energy on the sideline. Well, that energy was very palpable. The UAB band was here, and Coach Clark really mentioned how he was excited about the band because that helped with the energy. Dwayne McBride had a lot of energy. He had one touchdown, more than 160 yards. Garrett Prince, two touchdown catches, and Hopkins with three touchdown passes for UAB. BYU ends their season with three losses. They were the number 13-ranked team in the nation, and Coach Sataki was still happy with what his team did today. Felt that they could have made more plays, but still loves his team. That's what he said in his post-game presser. And that's how we wrap things up here from the Independence Bowl. James Hadnot, KSLA 12 Sports. For both BYU fans and UAB fans and everything else in between, spirits were bright at tailgates today despite the rainy weather. That's KSLA with their recap of the Independence Bowl from this weekend. One of the early bowl games in it happened in Shreveport, Louisiana, where our station is. Let's keep moving on. We actually have one more bowl game to cover. It's from WMBF as we go through the top sports stories covered by great TV stations. Uh, we are in the very beginning of bowl season as we'll see a lot of major college football games over the next couple of weeks. We have the Cure Bowl uh, game and the champs. Uh, that would be Coastal Carolina defeating Northern Illinois University earlier this week. That is in the backyard of WMBF, so they have the coverage. They're sorry we're having some technical difficulties tonight, so not your regular, regularly scheduled newscast here at 11. But, hey, we're going to talk about the Cure Bowl that just went down, down here in Orlando. WNBF Sports Director Gay McDonald here. Guys, an incredible game. Northern Illinois, the champs out of the Mac and Colson going back at it like heavyweight boxers. But it was the shots making one final stop. Enoch McConzo making a smart play, tackling the NIU tight end inbounds, making sure the clock would run. Two seconds were left on the clock. NIU couldn't get a snap off in this place behind me. Exploria Stadium went absolutely berserk. The shots getting their first ever bowl win in program history. Their second straight trip to the Care Bowl last year, a heartbreaking loss to their arch rival Liberty. This year, they got to right the ship and get their first ever bowl win and getting to hoist that trophy. Grayson McCall taking home MVP honors, just doing what he does best, throwing the ball all around the yard and commanding this spread option offense to a T. A great game by him. Also, Braden Bennett, six carries, 108 yards and a few touchdowns. Guys, a home run hitter to a T right there. He's going to have a great career here as a shot. He's just a redshirt freshman, so look for him the next couple of years. But, hey, that defense as well, Silas Kelly. A warrior, a huge force fumble there at the end of the game to get the ball back and kind of, you know, make NIU for, uh, use their timeouts rather. And that set up that final drive where they made the great stop. Also credit to Manny Stokes, a hometown kid from right here in Orlando, making a, uh, getting a great pass breakup right before that final play. But, man, it was in a great scene out here. Let's hear what head coach Jamie Chadwell had to say after the win. Our team never gives up. They believe in, in each other. And uh, for them to come up short last year in this game and then to have the opportunity to look like it was going the other way and to find a way to win uh, just says a lot about their character and who they are and, and uh, proud to be their head coach. I mean, we, this team's been a lot of first. 
So yeah, like I mentioned, it was Coastal's first ever bowl win, and they're losing a lot from this team, but the silver bright future ahead. You got quarterback Gerson McCall back in the fold, and a lot of young talent that was able to get a lot of action tonight. But man, it is going to be quite a party back in Conway. The team actually heading back tonight, and of course, they'll take some time off. Jamie Chatwell, he's known to have an early spring practice, basically winter practice, so look for this team to get back on the field rather shortly, but they're going to definitely enjoy this win for um, weeks to come, days to come rather. We're going to have plenty more content online and on air coming coming your way over the weekend as the shots your 2021 cure ball champions 47 to 41 over niu good stuff there from wmbf in uh south carolina covering the cure bowl as coastal carolina got the win you notice a color pattern there and we got a still shot of it uh for the cure bowl game uh, the proceeds go to the breast cancer uh, research foundation that's why of course there's the pink the cure bowl logo obviously a very um, important foundation and charity to contribute to. So that's awesome that this game is played for a greater cause. Let's continue moving through our Sports Sunday. That was coverage from WMBF as Coastal Carolina beat Northern Illinois and the Cure Bowl this weekend. Big game in college basketball. Kentucky, maybe the biggest game of the weekend, a couple blue blood colleges, Kentucky in a non-conference game, dominated North Carolina 98-69. WKYT had the coverage all weekend. 180 degree difference from just a week ago when Kentucky lost to Notre Dame. Kentucky established themselves early. Savir Wheeler getting into the lane, being a facilitator. Oscar Sheboy doing what Oscar does. But the way Savir led this ball club, that's the reason why Kentucky blew out North Carolina. Lead us. If you're playing great, lead us and get everybody involved. If you're not making shots or you're a little confused, or lead us. Lead. And that's what he did today. I think the biggest thing was, you know, watching film and seeing what they gave me. Um, and I, I, I know my, my strengths is coming off that, you know, that elbow area, making jump shots, going right or going left. And um, Coach Cal was like, man, shoot, shoot shots that you know you can make. Um, don't worry about anything else. Just shoot balls, play with confidence. Um, you know, they started going under, obviously, the, the beginning of the game. I made a couple shots second half. Now they're going over. Now everyone is, the lane is opened up like the Red, like the red Sea. Kentucky getting its first win against a Power 5 conference opponent and doing it against Carolina in a dominating fashion. Biggest blowout against the Tar Heels for the Wildcats since 1950. But think about this also. Two times Kentucky has played Carolina at T-Mobile Arena. Five years ago, scoring 103 points. Saturday afternoon, scoring 98. The Big Blue likes playing Carolina Blue out in the desert. In Las Vegas, Brian Milam, WKYT Game Time. Thanks, Brian. On Wednesday, UK returns to rump to host Louisville. WKYT covering that big game this week in the Wildcats. They look like a really good basketball team. Kind of a fun story about that game, and I can't remember the exact teams that were originally going to play because of COVID-19 rules, though, in, in protocol. Kentucky's game against their original opponent got canceled. So North Carolina was also in Vegas, and they said, okay, let's just put these two teams together, and they did, and it was a fun basketball game. Uh, this weekend. Good non-conference matchup. So let's move on to a, a separate topic. Uh, let's look at a couple of, of games this weekend that have implications regarding the severe storms we saw this, this past week. Tornadoes ripping through southern Illinois, uh, through western and uh, western Tennessee and western Kentucky, as well as Missouri. This game was in Bowling Green, Kentucky, WBKO, covering western Kentucky. They play in Bowling Green against Louisville. Louisville's a top-tier basketball program, always one of the big-time national contenders. They get the best recruits. 
Western Kentucky has never beat Louisville in their own arena until this past weekend, and WBKO had the story. Battle Louisville, and they had a very special pregame guest. Kentucky Governor Andy Bashir making a surprise appearance to EA Diddle Arena. Governor Bashir was supposed to originally go to Jennings Creek Elementary, but decided to make a pit stop at the game instead. Joining him were law enforcement officials, first responders, and even local politicians. His pregame message revolved around calling for unity ahead of the long tornado recovery ahead. But what our people need is commitment. Commitment to be there not only this week and next month, but in the years to come to replace every single brick, every single structure, and to rebuild every single mod. Let's see if you get to your feet. Not a bad way to get the crowd fired up, and WKU has also never beaten the cards inside of VA Diddle Arena. Cameron Justice wants to end that. Seconds into the game, that triple gives WKU a 6-0 lead. Seconds later, it's not enough. He's making his presence known. And Davion McKnight to Justice. That's a connection stronger than your Wi-Fi. Justice, 5 for 7 from downtown with 25 points. The first half was a red splash fest. Right before halftime, Jerry's Hamilton. Dinero, dinero. Tops led 47-36 at halftime. And Jamarion Sharp sharpens his iron in the second half. You saw Governor Andy Bashir speak before that game. Uh, Western Kentucky would end up getting the win. Uh, the first win over Louisville in uh, EA Diddle Arena, 82-72. I like that line, too, from that sports anchor. A connection stronger than your Wi-Fi. That's creative. We might have to steal that here on Local News Live for Sports Sunday. Hilltoppers now 8-4 and four with that monumentous win over their rivals from Louisville. And with everything surrounding this game, with all, everything that Western Kentucky and that part of the country has been through through the past 10 days, that was, of course, the, the area where uh, that one um, a warehouse went up. The candle factory, candle-making factory, was severely damaged. A number of people died. And uh, just a tragic story. That part of the country really hit hard. And Western Kentucky came out and played great basketball against an in-state opponent who is known for being an elite program and got the win. So uplifting their community. Same story here, just at the high school level. Mullenberg and Ohio County met on Friday on the hardwood. And it had more to it because of how some of their community was impacted by the recent storms and Ohio counties dealing with all the tornado damage. But tonight was a chance to forget about their troubles for a while. Aaron Hancock explains. A moment of silence. They don't happen often at a basketball game, much less one like the 10th district battle between Muhlenberg and Ohio counties. But this was more than just another edition of this rivalry. Tonight at Ohio County were the first games for the Muhlenberg County basketball teams since last Friday's deadly tornado that ripped through Bremen and Hartford. I'm glad the kids are getting to play. I mean, I think uh, they've had a, a tough week. Our county's had a tough week. But it's been incredible just to see what kind of community we have and the people that live in it when something tragic like this happens. It was a chance for players, coaches, and fans who were affected by last week's tornado to take their minds off the horrific devastation and enjoy some sense of normalcy. For Muhlenberg Girls assistant Angela Stringer, it was definitely a welcome break after suffering heavy damage to her home. We saw that the tornado was coming, so we drove 
about 10 miles south to get out of the way. The only thing I could think of was everybody was with me that, you know, my, my immediate family was with me, so I was just thankful that we were safe. It was about 4.30 in the morning when we pulled up and all the vehicles were just in a heap in the neighbor's backyard. From rowdy student sections <laughs> to fired up coaches, you never would have known a disaster had just happened, but the Bremen Strong shirts and silent remembrance gave notice that there was more on everyone's minds, especially that of Josh Probus, whose daughter and son-in-law survived the EF4 twister. They was in the house when it got blown apart. They just hunkered down the best they could, not a scratch. There's no words to express all the emotions it was running through you. My grandson's on his way. No doubt tonight's games were therapeutic for everyone, and the Eagles and Mustangs put on a show. Kids are wearing uh, Bremen Strong shirts, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, we feel like we're playing for Fremont-Lumberg County tonight. It feels good just hearing the music and something other than talking about a tornado. It's good to get it off my mind. Ohio County students were in school most of this week and they did their part by raising $13,000 for tornado relief. By the way, the Lady Eagles won 47 to 36. Meanwhile, what a cool story there. WFIE in Evansville, Indiana, which covers kind of that tri-state area. Uh, really great reporting. Aaron Hancock was the one uh, covering that story. Not just therapeutic for the community to get back and watch high school girls basketball, but they students raised over $1,000 for those impacted. And that was really an incredible testimony when you heard that, that I think he was a, a father of one of the players talking about how they were hunkered down during the storms and the, the tornado went right over them. Just hearing that testimony really adds to um, this incredible story. So great work there, WFIE. Okay, moving on from kind of how communities were rebuilding from the tornado, uh, you can check out our great TV stations coverage across the country, specifically in the, the Midwest and the Upper South. They were covering those storms this past week. Uh, big news out of the NFL today, at least for one of our stations that covers it, WBAY was covering the Green Bay Packers as they wrapped up the NFC North. If you watch these sports Sundays, you'll know I'm a Bears fan. So obviously for me, not the best news, but WBAY had some great coverage today. They do some really... Uh, entertaining live tweets throughout the game. As you can see, they put that on their, their website, WBAY.com. Some of their sports anchors were tweeting. There's a good one down here of uh, the Packers going into, and I apologize for the fast scrolling, going into the locker room after the game. I think it was actually taken by one of their reporters. Let's see here if I can find it. Yeah, this is it. This is from uh, Dave Schrader, their sports director there at WBAY. It'll take us to Twitter. And as you can see, Rodgers limping a little bit, got banged up, injured his toe, but uh, more happy than anything, a smile on his face to, to win another NFC North and punch his ticket to the NFC playoffs. So WBAY did a great job covering that. We're working our way to the end here on Sports Sunday, some of the big stories across the country. We stay with football as China Springs, 3A high school football team in Texas, they won their state championship this weekend to finish the season 16-0, Darby Brown. We've had her on Local News Live cover that story.
Spring improved to 16-0 on the year, and they didn't just win, they absolutely dominated. After a scoreless first quarter, Gilmer scored from two yards out, and China Spring trailed by seven. Major Bowden found the end zone to tie the game up, and then just at the end of the first half, China Spring blocked a field goal, and Gabe Watkins took that ball all the way back for a touchdown. China Spring went into the half up 14-7. to Talk about a swing of momentum there. You know, we were all kind of hyped up. Brady came running in. It was, it was a good momentum booster, but then we also kind of had to jump back in and not get complacent and kind of focus on the next half. Second half was all China Spring. Thomas Barr kicked a 22-yard field goal. Quarterback Major Bowden rushed for nearly 200 yards. He scored two more touchdowns in the fourth quarter and was named the game's offensive MVP. And China Spring's defense held Gilmer scoreless in that second half. They were just relentless. This win is extra special for China Spring head coach Brian Bell, a China Spring alum who took over after his dad, Mark Bell, retired. I mean, it's my best friend. Uh, just he means the world to me, and it's it pretty neat. But these kids played great tonight. I was really proud of them. We've kind of been dreaming about this since we were little kids, you know, playing football with each other, seventh grade. We always dreamed about going to the state championship, and there isn't a better ending than going 16-0 your senior year, and you can't ride it up better than that. Just another incredible moment here at AT&T Stadium when you think about it between Lorena and the Big 12 championship and now China Springs. Central Texas has just had some great games here at AT&T Stadium. What a way to end the Texas high school football season. In Arlington, Darby Brown, KWTX News 10. Darby Brown reporting for KWTX. They're based out of Waco, Texas, giving us that story. 16-0 China Spring. One of the more impressive high school football seasons across the country, wrapping up their season with a state championship. That's tough to do, especially in Texas, a football-rich state. And that was fun to see that the head coach for China Spring, his dad used to coach. He passed that position down to him. Now he's got his team in undefeated season. That is really cool. Okay, let's finish off with this. This story caught my eye. I'm an emotional night at a high school in central Illinois. Really good story here from our Peoria station, WEEK. basketball court for the Brimfield Indians. The Indians' first game since the death of teammate Jacob Look. Before the game, instead of a moment of silence, there was 30 seconds of raucous celebration for both Look and Aaron Miller, who died last year. As for the game, Max Walters, one of Jacob's great friends, hits a three to get things rolling. Star County's Blake Orwig will power to the bucket for two right here, the hoop and the harm. But Brimfield in control, Caleb Tyre strong in the middle. Oliver Hines delivered 21 points. And our thoughts and prayers with the Look family. Brimfield's a winner tonight, 51-25. Last night's big basketball story was Peoria Notre Dame's double overtime win over number one ranked Peoria High. In the last eight days. That is W.E.K. covering that story to close out our sports Sunday night. Well, I hope you enjoyed that look around the country from professional to college to high school sports. What our great TV stations are covering. We'll be back next week. Maybe a more traditional sports Sunday, but we hope you enjoyed the past half hour watching. If you're still with us with Local News Live, the seven day a week network for great TV. We cover uh, what the big stories our great TV stations are covering.